When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into CHGO White Sox, presented by PointsBet. Live your bet life when you sign up using the promo code CHGO. Welcome into CHGO White Sox. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, uh, kind of, is Herb Lawrence and Vinny Duber. First, we got to go to the man in the sunglasses <laughs> and the mustache, Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He is clearly at a baseball field. And the man in the middle, mostly to my right right now, Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Follow CHGO White Sox at CHGO underscore White Sox. Follow CHGO Sports at CHGO underscore sports. We are coming to you live from our homes. Well, me and Herb are and Vinny, your new home for the next you know, week or so. How's Arizona? Arizona's nice, guys. Do you want me to do you want me to tell you the truth or do you want me to spare your feelings? No, no tell, tell us, us the, the truth. truth. Yeah. Uh, well, the we truth is it. it is in the mid-70s right now, and there's not a cloud in the sky. You got this baseball diamond behind me. It it feels it feels like it doesn't feel like spring, it feels like summer right now here in az so uh I, I know i'm making everybody very upset back in snowy chicago but uh hey authenticity this is it i'm reporting live <laughs> from the scene of the white Sox right now so there you go it's quote not line really... from encanto there doesn't look like there's a cloud in the sky i haven't i haven't been able to see that one yet herb i'm going to take your word for it oh. but uh, you're correct that there is not a cloud in the sky on this uh, beautiful arizona saturday and honestly, it's not even the details. It's more of the smile, just the natural smile of you talking about Those it. Glasses, just like, too. I, I escaped. Ha ha ha. I escaped. You're still stuck in Chicago. We get it. It's nice in Arizona, Vinny. Glad you're enjoying it. Uh, you, you got to see some old faces, and we're excited to talk to you about that. Today on CHGO White Sox, we'll have a nice breaker to, you know, breaking stuff up. I mean, Vinny's already melted out there in AZ. We'll also be talking about why I'm sad here, uh, Carlos Sordan is making a lot more money, which is good for him. I'm happy for him for that. But Carlos Sordan is now a San Francisco Giant. We'll talk about what that means. We'll also talk about the Minnesota Twins getting worse, which I know Herb loves. And we'll start off with why Vinny is currently having a baseball field behind him. He's in Arizona. He got to see some old faces. We'll talk about that first up. But let's go to the icebreaker because uh, we have uh, uh, something that was a complete hot take. Uh, our guy Patrick Nolan from Sox Machine, the editor over at uh, Sox Machine, said, my hot take, Adam Engel is actually better than Michael Conforto. I actually think Engel is pretty good, but because the, they com- complement each other so well and because Engel's body doesn't seem to intent on letting him play consistently, consistently, Conforto is a pretty good idea. And he tried to escape it uh, just two hours ago by saying, every so often when I'm half drunk and about to go to bed, I just st- uh, try to start a fire like this so I have something fun to wake up to. So uh, I don't know if I believe Pinol's there. Uh, you, you tweet something out and then you, you, you backtrack, you know, the next day. I don't know about I don't know about that, Patrick, but let's talk about this. Engel versus Conforto. Uh, we've talked that right field might be all right with the, the three. Uh, Engel, Sheets, and Vaughn. Uh, so, or, uh, yeah, Engel, Sheets, and Vaughn. 
I mean, we, we've, we were kind of in agreement in a way. We just talked about Conforto for the first time uh, yesterday uh, before Vinny went on in that flight. And now he's sideways. Uh, Vinny, um, what do you think about uh, Michael Conforto versus uh, Adam Engel? Oh, and now we can't oh, hear Vinny. I don't have his voice. Hey-o. He was all sideways. Now we can't hear him. It's He's talking, though. I, I bet his thoughts are great. And now he's gone. Uh, maybe his phone died. Uh, Herb, we'll go to you before we hear Vinny. Vinny, if you give us a shot one more time. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, we can't get Vinny. All right, Herb, <laughs> Angle versus Conforto. And we'll try to work out the uh, kinks with, with Vinny out in Arizona. Um, I don't think there's a thing there. Conforto's the superior player. If we're just talking about being a fielder, yes, you can say Ingle and Conforto are closer. Ingle has the advantage there, as P. Knowles was uh, alluding to, but no way is my uh, Adam Ingle anywhere near the stratosphere of what Michael Conforto is. Michael Conforto this year will probably get a deal somewhere in a $20 million range per year deal. Um, Adam Ingle's probably never going to see that as he is older than Michael Conforto, and he's never put up the offensive seasons that Michael Conforto has done. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, as he said, he probably is trying to do a fire starter thing. But, no, when I saw that, I just ignored it because I love Patrick Nolan. I didn't want to, you know, go too much on him, too hard on him. Oh, we love Pinoles. And again, it's, it's you know, we get, we're just, you know, poking the bear. I mean, it, it, yeah. he's, he's providing content with his hot take. And uh, even though we can't hear Vinny's great voice, uh, we, we can't see him, which is, which is a positive. And it's a, a great Arizona background uh, right there. But it's kind of what Vinny has been talking about. Like, right field doesn't need an upgrade in his mind. He thinks second, grade, uh, second base needs more of an upgrade. Leary can't be the everyday player there at second base. And right field, I mean, the, you have three guys that are capable. They might not be $80 million worth of one player and Michael Conforto, but you have three guys that might be capable of playing the outfield. I know some people don't want to see Andrew Vaughn play right field. Again, uh, I know Sheets is very uh, green out there, and Ingle obviously has the defensive prowess, but you know the bat lacks a little bit. I, I know it's not crazy, but I don't think Penals is nuts on this. I just think he might have phrased it the wrong way by saying Conforto's better. Uh, you think he's crazy on that one. It, it doesn't make <laughs> sense. I mean, yes, if you're saying for the value, and how much Adam Engel's making and how much you're going to have to pay Michael Conforto, then I can go with you there. You can say that Adam Engel is the better value player than what Michael Conforto can bring to you for the money you're going to pay for him. But if we're just going apples to apples, no, absolutely not. There's nobody in here that has ever said when we've had these shows, like we can just have Adam Engel out in right field and we'll be smooth. Yeah, well, and the issue, too, is I think you saw the injuries of last year. It felt like his body was breaking down a little bit on him. And even when he was trying to rehab in AAA, it didn't seem like a really successful rehab. Um, so you hope that the health is there. That's the biggest concern. Like, if, if we had a healthy Adam Engel and we got to see him in 2021, I think we'd feel a lot better about that position because, again, his bat was coming around. Uh, we do have some stats. I know we're having some uh, production issues, mainly with Vinny's end. Uh, but we do have some stats. We'll go to Adam Engel first. Here's Adam Engel from 2019 to 2021. 2019 was a full year from him. Obviously, 2020 was a full year for nobody. Herb likes to call it the Mickey Mouse season. And he only played in, 21, uh, in 2021. He only played uh, about uh, 39 games. So he didn't get a full season last year, uh, 89 games in, in 2019. But over 164, uh, 256, 319, 434 slash line. I mean, 750 OPS for a bench right fielder isn't bad. No. 101 OPS, again, you know, only 60 games in the past two years or about 60 games in the past two years. But, I mean, there are stats there. And again, the most positive thing about him is fielding. So, I mean, if you're getting an above average hitter with good fielding, again, it's a great bench piece in my mind. And if you have two other guys, 
he might be right, honestly. No, he's not right. That's 100% <laughs> not right. Let's start there. He is un- incorrect in his assessment that Adam Ingle is better than Michael Conforto. He, Adam Ingle is a, a above-average hitter and a way above-average fielder. That is what he is. Now, we always say availability is the best ability. With right. the soft tissue injuries, Adam Ingle, you said, what, not 39 games last year? That yeah. can't do it. Um, yes, I would love to see this version of Adam Ingle, the retooled swing, the Frank Minichino, uh fuck the home run swing, <laughs> be given 150 games to someone. Maybe not the White Sox. I think the White Sox can get away with it. That's why the, the right field position, I was like, we'll be fine in the aggregate. That player would be all right with those three platooning. But I wouldn't want to give any of the three guys just carte blanche on right field. Firstly, they've really never played there, except for Adam Ingle. He's played there as a outfielder, as right. a replacement outfielder. But mm. the other two are just first basemen who are just out there because of necessity. So if we can get Michael Conforto, even though I've said, you know, the right field position's fine, I would take Michael Conforto today, tomorrow, and the next day. Well, yeah, I'm not, I'm not against them upgrading. And, I mean, it is a huge upgrade. I mean, you look at uh, – I mean, obviously, we're not taking in the factor of Andrew Vaughn and Gavin Sheets right now, uh, too. It's 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 those two plus Ingle. Um, but you look at Conforto right there, 824 OPS uh, in the past two years, uh, 123 OPS plus. But you look at last base. year – uh, mm. Great on base. Yeah. Delicious. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, 365 right there, uh, 167 walks. Um, and over the past three years, I mean, he's uh, been uh, 60 walks last year, which is, you know, that was Schwarber's uh, uh, hit or uh, level that I like to him, him to be at. I like the fact that he was hitting 30 bombs and drawing 60 walks. Uh, Conforto didn't hit th- 30 bombs last year, but drew 59 walks. So uh, very good eye, 84 walks back in uh, uh, 2019, too. So, you know, great, great on base, like you mentioned. Uh, but the thing, too, is I mean, people are worried, at least about Conforto's production last year. And in those 39 games that Adam Ingle played, he had a 1.6 war. Michael Conforto played 125 games last year and had a 0.8 war. I mean, like he, there was more volume there and he just was not productive for the Mets. And, and now you see that they're looking to trade uh, more veteran players. They, they Dom Smith's names being floated out there. Jeff McNeil, JD Davis, uh, his name being floated out there. Like, I mean, I don't know if the Mets are even playing, uh, making a play on Conforto and it's not like he's been injured. Like it's not like a Carlos Rodon thing where the Sox might have enough uh, information on him where they don't want to take a risk on his, his medicals, but Conforto's had a fairly clean bill of health and it doesn't even seem like the Mets want to entertain him, even though they have the largest payroll in the MLB right now. Yeah, maybe that's the factor. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's been there and probably last year soured. I mean, the injuries. And then when he came back, he played 125 games. As you said, he's an under one win uh, B-War guy. So they probably are saying the same thing. You're like, "Mm, I didn't like that injury year. It's a walk year and he really didn't do a lot for us. I mean, most of his value was uh, in making getting on base with us with the 59 walks and 125 games. We're moving on. We can go and get bigger players. We can sign these players because our owner has an endless checkbook there and is not afraid to spend some money. So, yeah, they might be shedding some payroll as far as getting rid of Jack McNeil, Dom Smith, guys coming up uh, uh, with some big payrolls, and then getting refreshing that with Steve Cohen's big-time paycheck. So I can see a, a retooling out there in New York, and they've probably seen enough of what Mike Conforto can do and paying him $20 million might not be in their thing. And we'll get to the Carlos Rodon thing. It kind of might be the same type of thing. Like, right. hey, we've seen this guy. He's been injured too much. But, you know, he has flash in the pan. 
But if you guys want to pay him $22 million, be our guest. We're not. Yeah, and production said that we're going to try to get Vinny back, and, and boom, here we are. And I hear him, too. What's up, Vinny? Hey, guys, I'm back. I'm on, a, I'm on the laptop now. The sunglasses, I, I'm under a good. canopy. I'm, you know what? I'm still at Camelback Ranch. Trust me. You <laughs> trust me. I'm looking out over here. I can still see the mountains. We're we're still we're still in Arizona here. We just we just had to lo- relocate to a different part of the park with better internet service. How about that? Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about uh, Arizona here. How's it been? How's it been seeing uh, familiar faces? Who you've seen? Who you talked to? What's what's been the scoop over uh, down in AZ? Yeah, not everybody's here yet. Um, obviously, tomorrow is is the main report day for everybody. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we saw you know I think we saw plenty of on the internet of Tim Anderson and Andrew Vaughn. You know, the day before Lance Lynn, Liam Hendricks. Today we got to talk to Liam Hendricks, uh, but we also saw. Dallas Keuchel, Yasmani Grandal. So there's some guys here in addition to all the minor league guys as well. So, uh, but yeah, we got to talk to Tony La Russa on a couple of different location, occasions today. Uh, and you know what? It's already, you know, we're right in the swing of things. We're already getting news and notes uh, from spring training, uh, getting ready to see where people are uh, going to be playing for the, uh, for the 2022 season. But yeah, it's, it's, we're getting right back into the swing of things. No problem. Uh, you, you had some news. Uh, I don't know if you can break it. So let me know if you don't, but uh, Herb mentioned a Jersey. Some people should get, if they should get a Jersey this year, uh, they should get, you had, you had some news about him, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, quickly becoming a, a, a celeb, a regular feature on our program, Herb's uh, Jersey recommendation of Anderson Severino. Uh, yeah. Tony, Tony mentioned that uh, he might, he might be late to arrive with some, with some visa stuff going on, which is not uh, unsurprising for some right. of those guys coming from all over the world. I think we thought uh, that was going to be the case whenever this lockout was going to end that, you know, everybody's always all of a sudden got to pick up and scramble. So I think uh, uh, Tony had mentioned, you know, even guys like Jose Abreu and Aloy Jimenez who might not be here right tomorrow, but you know, they're working on getting here coming from uh, all the different places that, that everybody's coming from so but yes an anderson severino mention a sean anderson severino mention <laughs> if you will on the first day of Sox camp herb's guy we love to see that uh so you talk to talk to tony the, the big man uh how's he been uh what, what was the vibe from tony and uh i know he broke some news we'll get into that but you know vibe check tony larusa i mean how's he been was it nice to see your old pal Listen, when you got when you got Tony LaRusso, the <laughs> Hall of Famer, the guy who's been doing this forever, uh, I think the answer is that he's always the same, right? Uh, he was talking all about how he was sitting, he was getting sick and tired of sitting around waiting and sitting around watching and ready to get to work. So um, that's no surprise there coming from Tony LaRusso again. You know, you ask me how Tony LaRusso is. I don't know. I'm not allowed to ask Tony LaRusso how Tony LaRusso <laughs> is. There's no game even to be played today, even, and he's still putting the kibosh right. on that. I was about to say, there's no game, so there's nothing to be upset about, Tony. You got weeks. You still got a couple or a week, I guess, uh, until you know even spring training starts. Uh, uh, but at least it's good I like to the see sweet Tony. Hat he there. was wearing though, that's nice. Oh, the new Those, spring training new, hats. Are that's nice. the new spring training hat. They're okay. You know what? Have what happened to spring training hats? Why are they so flimsy in the back now? They used to be the. Remember, they used to be just like the soft. They used to be like yeah. the softer version of the regular hat, and yeah. now they're like kind of quasi trucker hats. They're like there's nothing going on past past the front little part there. And honestly, some of the actual logo designs on the front, like for some teams, the Sox are lucky because they don't have a lot of ugly logos. Um, but I mean, it, some of the teams are really, really rough. And I don't, I don't really love the new. I'm not a new era guy, so I don't, I don't really screw around with the uh, the new they're era all, hats. They're all hit or miss. I'll tell you what. A couple of my favorites of all time have been recent ones, though, and that was the the Rockies, the recent Rockies one, where it was the the sea Agreed. and the yeah. and the, the mountains with the Colorado flag in it. That was great. And then uh, that A's one, just the white mm. elephant on the green hat looks tremendous <laughs> did when i saw you guys uh had a little thing with the closer liam hendricks did he say anything outrageous that you that's noteworthy or did he talk about his best his favorite show friends today 
He did not. He gave us a re- movie review of the Batman, which he went to see Ooh. the other day. So uh, spoilers we got the, too uh, for no no spoilers, him? just mood. Just he was okay. commenting on its on its kind of dourness. Apparently, I haven't seen it yet, but uh, that's very no dark. Surprise. That's no surprise yeah. coming from DC. I'm a Marvel guy. I want it to be a little fun, but. Uh, but yeah, the uh, Liam Liam is talking all about how how uh, he was spending the lockout going around to random fields in the Phoenix area, just playing, throwing, playing catch and stuff Hell like yeah. that's very you know very on brand for Liam Hendricks. I asked him if they had if they were booted off for any little league practice, and uh, he said <laughs> unfortunately that didn't happen. They must have been going during school hours or something like that. If we had access to Liam Hendricks down in Arizona, we would find a little league team for him to strike out. I would love to see Liam <laughs> Hendricks. He only there walked seven guys. Last year, he's got the control. You know, I mean, kids might be afraid of the '97, but it might be it might be some entertainment if we could see uh, if if one kid would step in the box uh, against a major leaguer. Uh, I saw Matt uh, uh, Matt from Oakland uh, checking in in the chat, uh, saying that we're we're sneaking in this episode. We are our, our, our guy Vinny uh, sneaking down to AZ, so we gotta we gotta talk to him about that. And I want to mention now, uh, going back to Tony. I mean, he's, he he broke a couple news uh, pieces. Uh, one of them about Kopech. I think that's probably the most worrying one. Uh, there's a you know some other stuff about Craig Kimbrell that's a little less worrying. Um, and there, I think uh, even his quote about uh, being a championship team ready uh, quote was interesting as well. But the Kopech stuff, uh, could you explain that? And, and what's really the, the, the situation with Kopech? Because uh, he's arrived, right? Uh, he wasn't here today that, I, okay. that I've seen. But I think the idea is that uh, they hadn't been able to talk to these guys for three months. And so it's now kind of like it, we can't ask how are they doing because they don't know. But they can say, well, we talked to him and this is what he told us kind of thing. Uh Michael Kopech, we'll see, man. I, I don't know. It, it, it was odd the way it was phrased, certainly. And I think that there's there's a the, the overarching thing of this should should be that, that they haven't been able to work with these guys for three months. And so when it comes to how guys are doing, what guys are going, what guys are going to be expected to do during the regular season, it, this early stage of this very short camp, you just got to realize that the coaches maybe don't know. They maybe don't know because they haven't been able to work with them for months like they normally would. That being said, we saw Lance Lynn show up yesterday and throw two innings in, in live BP or, or the folks who were here. Did I, this is my first day here. We saw Dallas Keuchel show up today and throw live BP for two innings. Uh, we have not, we heard from Tony today that Michael Kopech has not thrown any live BP yet. I, I don't know if that was to compare it to the guy, the other guys on the team who had been doing that during the lockout. I'm not sure. Uh, we also heard him mention, you know, that there were a couple reasons for, for that maybe, but you know, Tony basically, not questioning so much as wondering aloud what Michael Kopech is going to be like when he shows up here. And he mentioned that, you know, the, the, the guy hasn't thrown a live BP yet. He's thrown a bullpen apparently or, or, or two, at least that's what Tony's heard, but uh, we'll see. I mean, I think when uh, it, it just kind of adds to that question mark, doesn't it? I mean, it's, right. it, it, this is, what did we talk about? What was that yesterday when we were talking about spring storylines and we were saying, well, Michael Kopech's got to be one of the top ones because we don't, you know, this was going to be an important spring for him to get ready to pitch as a full-time starter for the entirety of the year. He gets that spring shortened, and now we're hearing, you know, more things that add to the question mark. So I don't think there's any reason for anybody to think that, you know, Michael Kopech's not going to be a part of this rotation or anything like that. But Tony pointed Tony pointed out, he said, a six-week camp usually gets a guy ready to throw 100 pitches by opening day. They don't have that. They've got a little more than three <laughs> weeks. And – Michael Kopech is obviously at a different point in his career than the other right. guys that make up that rotation. So you're talking about Lance Lynn needing a six-week camp or Dallas Keuchel or Lucas Giolito or Dylan Cease needing a six-week camp to be ready to throw 100 pitches on opening day. 
who knows what Michael Kopech needed before the lockout was a thing. Now that there is such a short camp, who knows what Michael Kopech will need to be able to get, be ready to do what he needs to do for opening day, or does it mean that the White Sox need to get more, even more creative than they were planning on being with him? Speaking of that live VP you're talking about, what's your assessment of Dallas Keuchel's outing today? I know it's the first time he's been on the bump. I have my own thoughts on it. I just yeah. want to see what you want to think, what you thought about it. Yeah, I'm no scout. I'm not. I, I can't pick apart his uh, delivery like some folks can, obviously. So I, I can go based on results. Uh, listen, he got the ground balls that he that he's hey, that he wants to get right. I mean, we <laughs> yeah. saw most of those. A couple of them uh, stuck through the infield there in in Uh-oh. in the uh, in the uh, brief brief time that he was on the mound. Uh, I think. The good news for White Sox fans out of D- Dallas Keuchel's two innings was Yo- Yoel Cespedes. Uh, he was able to show a few tools. Uh, he blasted a ball. The center field went off the center fielder's glove on the warning yeah. track out there and uh, and then stole third base. So nice. mm. the results for Dallas Keuchel in this very, very unofficial uh, outing on the mound uh, were, were, you know, not what Dallas probably wanted to see. But again, at this time of year, you're just arriving at camp. It's about how you feel, how your body feels. We're going to see a lot of that kind of thing, not from Dallas, but from everybody in a spring in once these spring training games start, because the spring training games are starting so much earlier in the spring calendar than they're used to them starting uh, when when spring training is normal. This is a special edition of the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by PointsBet. Use code CHGO when you sign up to live your bet life. The best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we will help you. Remember that PointsBet is your home for live in-game betting. They even have a new exclusive feature, live NBA same-game parlays. And now online sign-up is available in Illinois. It's back. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. Again, use code CHGO and you will get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And if you make a first-time deposit of $50 or more using that code, chgo you will get a free chgo membership so what are you waiting for once the game starts don't just bet live your bet life with points bet gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 and something that you mentioned i mean i'm hoping michael kopech's having like a rocky four training montage right now down in texas you know he's working on the farm you know he's just getting bulked up right now he's, he's ready to throw 200 innings you know Tony, tony's just gotta unleash the stallion that's what i'm hoping for uh you know i, I know that the hope is maybe 130 innings for Kopech, uh, and that would be nice to see. But again, the, the concerns that you bring up about a six-week camp uh, I do have me worried. And let's talk about Dallas Keuchel, because part of the reason why I've been so at least toxic about the Dallas Keuchel topic is just because I think that they needed to upgrade that position. And, and was, that you, Sean, was that you, Sean, that, that sicked everybody on me on, on Twitter yesterday with uh, with Dallas Keuchel? Or, uh, I have a feeling it was me stepping in it myself, but I, I maybe, <laughs> maybe you were behind the scenes pulling the strings. I don't know. Yeah, I, I uh, behind the scenes was a uh, uh, pretty rough once we ended the podcast uh, yesterday uh, for the CHGO White Sox podcast. Uh, but, I, I just, you know, Carlos Rodon signs for, oh, and this is, uh, Herb wanted to mention this, uh, Richard uh, Hogue, who is uh, Adam Hogg's dad, uh, or uh, Adam Hogue's dad. Uh, yeah. I, I just pulled the Les Grob scene there. Uh, yes, Adam Hogg. Uh, <laughs> Richard Hogue uh, is uh, Adam's uh, uh, dad. You, you know Adam for a long time there, Herbie. Yeah, and he said, is Vinny related to Ted Lasso? I mean, no. Vinny? 
Uh, not that I know of, but you know, you never know the, where, where that lineage, where you you do you, you do the twenty three and me. Who knows where it leads? I know? think Ted Lasso would be related to Vinny because Vinny had the mustache first. There you go. Yeah, Jason Sudeikis is a poser. Um, Stop it. <laughs> he grew it just for the show. Um, let's go back to the beard uh, though in, in Dallas Keuchel, and uh, you know, I, I look at it and, and I think that even you mentioned Herb, the ground ball rate, like twenty twenty when he had a really good year, uh, his ground ball rate was fifty two percent. It was fifty four percent last year. Like, I mean, he was good at getting ground balls last year it just he was also getting hit harder and now with Carlos Rodon being a San Francisco giant he signed yesterday two years 44 million dollars there is an option uh, in that second year so it could just be a one-year 22 million dollar deal uh, but Carlos Rodon signs with the San Francisco Giants obviously I had a, a very strong reaction and I honestly am having a strong reaction just talking about it right now uh, so I'll go to you guys to break the ice uh, Herb what was your reaction because I think mine was clearly visceral and people saw it probably on Twitter was, you guys saw it too because I yeah. blew up in front of you. <laughs> Mine was good for Carlos. I yeah. was of the mind that Carlos Rodon was gone. Like the fact that the White Sox didn't extend him the qualifying offer said a lot to me. Said, hey, he's not coming back. He's not going to be taking that hometown discount of that $3 million he got last year to re-up uh, his value. And congratulations. $22 million for two years is a nice deal. San Francisco is going to treat him right. Uh, they've done a lot of uh, retooling of people's career, like Gaussman. I think you said Logan Webb, uh, Johnny Cueto, who's now gone from there. He's going to have a great time out there, and we're going to see him. Fourth uh, of July weekend, the White Sox go out to San Francisco. So I'm happy for the man. And, yeah, it would have been all right if the White Sox re-signed him. Actually, it would have been really solid if the guy is healthy. But now you're on million, my side. But for $22 million, <laughs> a little too much. A little too much for the White Sox uh, for an uncertainty right there with the Carlos Rodon. You don't know the guy you're going to get. And yeah, Vinny, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with Herb. You know, I mean, listen, we the White Sox said they didn't want to offer him a one-year $18.4 million. They didn't, they didn't feel comfortable doing it. That was not the price that they put on a one-year deal for Carlos Rodon. And they know him better than anybody. So you'd have to – think that they had their reasons and, and and i i i mean obviously they had their reasons but you know like i said they know him better than anybody i don't think that carlos rodon tricked the san francisco giants or anything like that but i think that the question marks that surround him are perfectly reasonable ones and i hope that he goes to to california and takes his big payday and goes out and and answers those questions you know because i think he i mean certainly white Sox fans should be rooting for him out there um when it comes to the White Sox and a reunion that, that never happened, right. they had the opportunity to do it and they made their decision not to. And they have to know why they didn't think Carlos Rodon was worth 18.4 million for one year. And the I Giants hope- didn't, the Giants disagreed, right. the Giants yeah. disagreed. And maybe the Giants are saying we saw what happened last year and that's what we're going to, we're going to go with the White Sox have the entirety of the career to look at and they know what they can do that for that. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Rick Hahn says, if anything, uh, about it. You know, obviously, he's going to be happy for him because he's been in the organization for a long time. He's worked very hard for the organization, and he deserved a payday. I mean, I, again, the, the most thing that I feel happy uh, for, I mean, of course, I'm going to be, you know, trying to be entertaining on Twitter, but I'm mostly happy for Carlos Hernan. I mean, he just got paid. Uh, you've mentioned his wife, Ashley, uh, before, uh, Herb. Like, I mean, th- she's his diehard fan. Like, it, it's so nice to see uh, the support and just the family. Uh, you know, he has uh, two young daughters, I think. 
uh, our two young uh, children. And, and, you know, it just seems like he is such a family guy. He loves baseball. Uh, He's got a Twitch stream like he's he's really relatable. And it's great to see his hard work pay off. And I don't think he tricked the, the, the San Francisco Giants. I love that 107 win team feels the the threat of the Dodgers breathing down their neck. And they're like, all right, even if it is a 50-50 shot, we are going to make an aggressive new move to make our team better. Carlos Rodon makes any team better. He would have made the White Sox better. And I guess that's that was my my big feeling is that I think that, you know, especially with the place the White Sox are in, you need to make your team better. You need to improve. And the Giants realized that. That's why they went and make, made this move. And I know that the, the healths are a big concern. The Sox know more than anyone about that. And it feels like they had a disagreement back in September, Vinny, right? About like, you know, it really felt like Scott Boris and Carlos Rodon was like, no, my shoulder's fine. And that's why we saw him go pitch out against the Reds uh, in September. And he was you know, only hitting around 91, 93 tops. Uh, but he still had an, an effective five plus inning outing. And then, uh, you know, we see him held out for the rest of the, the season. It was kind of a shock that he was on the postseason roster. He has an explosive first inning against the uh, Astros, hitting 99 miles per hour, setting guys down, looking like the ace he was. Uh, but then it really felt like the White Sox were like, no, we want to take our time with them. And so it really even felt like, you know, not very overtly, but it did feel like there was probably some sort of a disagreement on where his health was. I don't know if disagreement is the right word more so than people you know i think the white Sox wanted him to pitch yeah Yeah, the the white Sox wanted him to pitch and they saw a guy who was getting more and more fatigued to the point where he was going out there and not even making it through three or four innings and they said that's the guy we need to pitch for us in the playoffs we got to do everything we can possible to make sure and they had had great success earlier in the season with extending that time between his starts you'll remember i mean he was getting a week between starts on a fairly regular basis uh, throughout the first half of the season, and he was dynamite. So I think they were looking at that as something that greatly benefited him. Why wouldn't they try to do it at the end of the year when everything matters most to try and get the most out of him that they could during the playoffs? And that's what ended up happening. Um, I think Carlos Rodon, I know Carlos Rodon, is very sick of talking about his injury history. (laughs) He's very sick of that being his headline. And mm-hmm. last year, he was able to turn that around and make it so his performance was his headline. And then the end of the season rolls around, and he's stuck talking about his health again. That's frustrating for him. Plus, he's got an agent who wants to go out and get him a multi-year deal in the offseason. He doesn't want the headline for Carlos Rodon to be that he's hurt. So Carlos Rodon wasn't hurt at the end of last season, to my knowledge, to, the, to what the White Sox told us. He was tired. But he was tired to the point that his shoulder – and his shoulder was tired to the point that he wasn't able to pitch very as much as he would have been otherwise. So maybe you get this full off off season and he rests up and his shoulder is just as good as it was at the beginning of last season. And I think that's what the giants are banking on. And maybe that's what the medical reports yield, but the white Sox just went through a year in which he had an enormous jump in innings. I mean, we talked about the other day, how Mm -hmm. he barely pitched in 2020. Um, he had an enormous jump in innings, and we were seeing it with guys who, whose headline haven't been their health, guys like Giolito and Lynn who went on the aisle at the end of the year. So I think Carlos Rodon is not injured right now, but that being said, <laughs> you just went through the best season of his career, and at the end of the year you didn't know if he was going to be able to pitch. Yeah, and I'm looking at his stats, and the 132 innings is by far his most innings he's thrown since 2016 where he threw 165 innings. So he was really tired. He was exhausted by the end of that. With a 237 ERA, I would do the same. And the White Sox, I think, treated him right um, at the end of the year. He was just gassed with 132 innings in their regular season because 
he hadn't done that since 2016, where he had posted those good numbers, posting 28 starts that year. And I am not a fan. I mean, I'm not a, opposed to what the White Sox did with him during the season. And then after the season saying, you know, great year. We appreciate you. Go and find your money somewhere else, kid. Yeah, and I'm glad he did find his money. And I just I go back to the qualifying offer, and I don't want to bog down on it too much. But if he was able to get $22 million from a different team, like I still don't understand the idea of not attaching the qualifying offer because you could have gotten a draft pick, Herb. I, like It just seems so weird because I, I we are always big on the process. And I don't understand the process, I guess, of of this move. Because if you do understand that some team might pay over that qualifying offer for him, why wouldn't you attach a draft pick for him so you could get something in advance? And maybe, you know, that would scare away teams. I know Jim Margulis mentioned on Sox Machine uh, when they did their player review for Carlos Rodon that that might drive away people from even making an offer to him. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, I, I look at that, and if he accepts the offer at the end of the day, you get him for one year. It's low risk, and it, it is better than market value. If you can get it for 18.4 and a team's getting it for 22, I mean, you are getting a, somewhat of a hometown discount in, in some way, uh, or you're getting a draft pick. Yeah. But I, that, that's not what the White Sox thought in November mm-hmm. though. You know what yes. I mean? Like you're, you're talking about your opinion on this yeah. and, and, oh, for and, sure. I, I guess, and it's, but, like, and it's what, very clearly yeah. different than what the White Sox opinion mm-hmm. was. The White Sox didn't want to give Carlos Rodon $18 million to play next to pitch next year. And yeah. so they said, we're not going to even take the chance that he says yes. And yeah, in the end, in the end, he ends up making more and he could, and he very well could have said no to that qualifying offer. And that could have been how it worked out. But if he says yes, then they're stuck giving him $18 million to a player. They don't want to give $18 million to when they got other things to do that are roster and they already have a high payroll. And I'm thinking the White Sox have somebody else they have in mind. They can give $18 million to, or upwards to that. I always, and I think I brought this up with you, Sean, I think about Jake Odorizzi. I think his year, he was ready to walk. The Minnesota Twins had a qualifying offer for him, and he accepted it. You know, it's very rare to see somebody accept it, and he came back, and he wasn't as good in 2020. And the uncertainty of this offseason, too, I think went into the White Sox decision, too, because maybe Carlos Rodon says, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen after this lockout. I'm going to sign that deal. I'm going to take that qualifying offer that the White Sox sent out to me. And just has some type of stability in my life. I like this team. They've uh, raised me as a pup. I'll stay here if they're going to give me $18.4 million. That's a huge $15 million raise. I'll take it right. well, all day the, long. The thing with Odorizzi, too, I mean, the, he, he accepted the qualifying offer, and then he began the season on the injured list. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, it, part of that was injury as well. Um, and Matt Ryan said the old adage of there is not such uh, not such thing as a bad one-year deal. Um, I, Adam Eaton exists, um, so I don't know about that, Matt Ryan. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, you know, not every one year deal is the same. Uh, I, I guess, uh, Vinny, you know, I'm glad this is kind of the last time we'll talk about Carlos Rodon, maybe until ever. Uh, July or, you know, not ever. Uh, <laughs> so before we go into our favorite Carlos Rodon moments, uh, I just have one one uh, uh, one more final uh, thing that's po- uh, popping around in this brain. Uh, and Herb, I want you to answer this, too. But. Scott Boris, obviously super agent. They've had some, you know, arguments with him back and forth. They've, they've had some, you know, tense moments, I guess, not arguments, uh, tense moments back and forth. Uh, they, they've had some good moments. Obviously, Dallas Keuchel is an agent of, of Scott Boris, and he signed a big deal with the Sox. Yasmani Grandal signed a big deal with the Sox, and uh, he's a Boris agent, I believe. Um, and Dylan Cease just signed with Scott Boris. 
Is there anything there where, you know, we're not going to put the qualifying offer on Carlos that will bump up his, his AAV for some other team. And maybe we can get a Dylan C steal done. Like, is it a good faith deal behind doors between Rick Hahn and Scott Boris? That, that's the final theory I have. And then I'm done. I'll, I'll shut up about Carlos Rodon and we'll talk about good memories and then we'll end it. All right. Well, you use, you <laughs> use the word theory. And I think that's accurate because that was some very <laughs> conspiracy theory type stuff coming out of your mouth right there. But, uh, I mean, listen, we have no way of knowing that, right? I mean, like, there's yep. uh, Rick Hahn's not going to tell us that. No, Scott Boris isn't going to tell us that. Uh, yeah, I, I would tend to say no, that that sounds a little nuts. But Right, uh, but when a cease extension gets done in the next two weeks, I mean, then then we'll then we'll have you a go. big, you know, then you'll, get, then you'll get the, the, the bulletin board out with all the yarn <laughs> tied to everything. Right. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> go real Charlie Day in our, uh, our conference room in Absolutely. there. Uh, Herb, I mean, you, you know, Scott Boris and the Sox don't get along. I was reading the whole thing about uh, A-Rod back in 2000 when he was yeah. a free agent. Uh, you know, they they were, I mean, this is a long history between Jerry, Kenny, and, and Scott Boris, and now Rick Hansa in, in this too. I mean, uh, you know, a- anything here? I mean, Beef Loaf was the one that written up, wrote it up. So it's not, you know, I'll blame him. Um, I mean, passing the conspiracy theory buck, <laughs> unbelievable. I don't know. Maybe uh, I don't know if Scott Boris works that way, but Rick yeah. and him seem to have a good relationship where Kenny and Jerry did not. And so, if Rick is uh, doing something like that, hey, do it because Dylan Cease to a long term deal is a thing that I would love to have. But on the other hand, Scott Boris clients are not necessarily guys who like to sign before they hit their market. I think I saw Steven Strasburg was a guy who signed before uh, he hit the market. And I don't know any other players who are Scott Boris clients that do that. So I would be very surprised if Dylan C signed a deal when he's when I saw him sign with Scott Boris. I was like, OK, he's going to hit free agency when he uh, when he hits it and he's not going to be signing a long term deal with the White Sox. I would love to be wrong. That'd be excellent because Dylan Cease, I think, is ascending to a Cy Young Award winner. Well, and, eventually. And, and, and he doesn't have the injury history uh, yet. Um, obviously, I think he, I worry a little bit about him just because of uh, his size um, and how fast he throws. But I, I do like his mechanics. It does seem very fluid, uh, you know, very stretched out. Dude disc golf yoga. is getting him right. Disc though, golf Sean. is good. And I do like that. You know, I think it's part of uh, uh, Carlos Rodon. I mean, like, you know, they were b- good buddies. They were doing a, a trading card opening session there. They're both Georgia boys or at least Southern boys. Like, it makes sense that I think that he probably bonded with Rodon. And then, you know, he was like, well, you know, Rodon now now making 22 million with Boris. He's probably probably got it gave a good recommendation to see. So I don't know. And uh, yes, I am recording from in a jungle. Uh, I needed to upgrade this. My mom was upset that this sweater was always behind me with locked on socks. So I put the white sock sweatshirt, you know, upgrade the background, put some tissue paper here. And then uh, I got some uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, little vines here. And uh, there's no tinfoil hat in, in, in me uh, right now or on my head right now. But I can go to the uh, kitchen if we want to, because we are broadcasting uh, from home. All right. So. In 2000, from uh, now, from 2000 to 2021, the Sox saw four no-hitters, one perfect game, uh, you know, three no-hitters, one perfect game. Uh, Mark Burley threw a no-hitter. We have a a perfect game from Mark Burley, a perfect game from Phil Umber, my bad, and a no-hitter from Carlos Rodon. I was going to say, Umber erasure right there. You can't do that. Well, and hey, I mean, Ed Farmer did it right away. Ed Farmer saying, you know, perfect game at U.S. Cellular. Um, But uh, I I think that, you know, we we should have to put the Lucas Gilito one there, right? Oh, man, no, I didn't. All right, so so I'm brutal. Uh, Four no, three no hitters, two perfect games. All right, so uh, let's let's run down those. Uh, Carlos Rodon, where does it rank in, in recent White Sox no hitter perfect game lore? I would say first? if uh, we're ranking these things, uh, yeah. If, if you want to, if you, I mean, if it's it's five, so it should be pretty easy to rank them. 
I mean, I think the Mark Burley perfect game was the best of those of the bunch. Um, usually, you know, you do a perfect game, you have a uh, a plan there. And Mark Burley did three games where he faced the minimum. That perfect game, I think, was his best, even though I think the close one is the Texas Rangers one that happened on April 18th. He was filthy that day. I think he only walked Sammy Sosa and then immediately picked him off. So mm-hmm. it's Burley. The Philip Umber one wasn't that sharp. It wasn't great. No. Um, he, If Brandon Ryan can run to first base instead of arguing <laughs> with the umpire, that's going to be a no-hitter instead of a perfect game. So I'm going to go with Burley. Then I'm going to go with Lucas Giolito. He was filthy versus the Pirates. Then Rodon. Then Umber. And then what were we talking about? The other Burley, Burley no-hitter? I would Is say that- the other Burley uh, no-hitter would be before the Philip Umber perfect game. Okay, so Umber perfect game is the fifth out of that. Yes. It's a perfect game, Vinny, uh, but it's clearly not even good poor, enough to be poor, uh, poor Phil Umber finish in last place. Uh, if you have to rank them, uh, top five no hitters since uh, two thousand. What are you doing? Yeah, I, mean, I think the idea that Herb was doing there is that you know you look back on it nostalgically, right? So you know everybody loves Mark Burley. Mark everybody. Burley should go to the Mark Burley should go to the top. No one cares about Phil Umber anymore, so <laughs> Phil Umber ends up on the bottom, even Sorry. though it was Sorry, a perfect Phil. game. Uh, I'm trying to remember back to kind of some of the moments. And, and I think the, the ninth inning of that Rodon one last year was, was, you know, pins and needles because it was a perfect game at the time. And, uh, and that play that Jose Abreu made at first base, Mercy. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I thought he blew, I thought that he was going to blow out his knee. I thought he was going to blow out his knee, Same. preserving Carlos Rodon's perfect game. And what, a, what a, what a piece <laughs> of legend that would have been. It yeah. would have been horrible to, for, for Jose Abreu and for the White Sox, but the part to have that be part of that legend would have been incredible. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll always remember that Abreu play at first base as my hair goes all nuts in the wind. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then, the, and then the catch angle made for Giolito a year mm-hmm. earlier. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think obviously the Mark Burley perfect game is up at the top. You know, call your sons, call your daughters, call your friends, call your neighbors. Everyone Alexa! remembers that one. Everyone remembers <laughs> that one. So that's up at the top. Uh, but yeah, I think I think Rodon deserves a little bit more credit just for just how dramatic it was, especially toward the end. And dudes, he was dealing. He yeah. was dealing. He was blowing the ball right by those Cleveland, formerly known as the Indians. Uh, so yeah, very impressive stuff. And is that, remember, a, is that a purpose swear jar? Did you just wa- you want to donate a dollar? No, no. He was. It was more so. Team. It was more yeah, so being accurate because that's, that's what their name they was were when, the he, when he pitched against right. them. So, so, so you, you were go. covering yourself so you could. All yeah, right. I was, and yeah. I think too that Burley <laughs> perfect game that happened in July. All yep. the rest of these happened in April. So uh, no, Chilito, Chilito was, yeah, in, uh, was June, August. Oh, August. Yeah, August. my bad. Sorry, it was the earliest yeah, was season. My bad. Sorry, September maybe even. September so maybe? that's even yeah, more oh, like that for me is even more uh, appealing. Like the the temperature was great. It was a warm uh, afternoon in Chicago. I think July twenty third. Beautiful day. Wow, August twenty fifth. And he shut down August, the Tampa Rays, who I know got no hit and perfect gamed a lot that season and years after. And, and many seasons, yeah. But at the point of, of that game that Burley had, they had the highest OBP. So yeah. he went against the team that was getting on base like 35% of the time and said, F you, you're shut down, all of you. Uh, shout out to Sam Davis. Uh, apparently only uh, uh, Herb and I rock. Uh, I mean, but, Vinny, but Vinny rocks. Is, he already looks like he rocks. So yeah, rock I was going to say that. It goes without saying. Just in terms of the the, you couldn't have picked a more uh, a weird verb there, Sam. Because I mean, by definition, <laughs> I rock. These two guys might be much better in general, but oh, we, we I mean, might we're talking roll, about rocking. You know? We're talking specifically about rocking. I'm more R and B. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Phil Umber last. Sorry, Phil. Uh, I'll go uh, Burley Perfect. Uh, Burley no hitter. I'm sorry. Four. I'll go Lucas Giolito three. I'll go Carlos Rodon two, just because I like the drama of it. I know that Giolito's was probably a little bit cleaner, um, but it really did feel more dominant Rodon's. And I also just love the the storyline. It's a second start. First start at home. First start with uh, fans, right? Or it was it was close and it was uh, still fans were. It was like excluded. a good uh, percentage of fans there, right? It was his first start with White Sox fans of the year. Okay, yeah. yeah. So that that yeah. I think it was just a really he special in moment. Seattle, which was a they had right. fans there, yeah. Um, so that was a special moment. I really love that. And I was at the Burley Perfect game. So, I mean, that's the greatest White Sox game that I've ever seen and will ever see. Uh, so, I mean, that's just not even fair. I, I, you know, if I was at any of these, they'd probably be one. Uh, but I was also at just the best one uh, being Burley's Perfect Game. Uh, if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets uh, up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now and register from your account from start to finish, all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports bet easier than ever so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. And shout out to uh, our guy Shane Spagnola. Uh, he's saying Vinny's mustache rocks. I know I saw Bruhan Luke in here. I saw Little Yumper in here. Uh, shout out to, to those guys. And Bruhan Luke, uh, obviously of the 108 run club, He's saying Herb's going to win the White Sox Dave region of the 108 tourney. Herb, how you feeling? We haven't talked about this yet, and we'll get to the Twins next. I'm feeling great. Uh, going to get Shane Reardon. He's a guy who can cook, Big some, cook some food, cook some steaks, and things like that. But I think uh, my following's a little bit bigger. Ooh. I uh, rub people. Talk it. I rub people the wrong way less than Shane. <laughs> fewer You're less time, than aggravator. Fewer times than Shane. And then, uh, you know, I survived last year versus a – affordable opponent in Sean Anderson Come in the on. first round last year. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, it. I'm not the Illini. I will be bringing my game in that first round. A hundred percent. I will not be resting. We'll be going full force against Shane. Of course, cordially, we're not going to be talking smack about him. We're, and I hope he doesn't talk smack about me. Well, I think, I think I can get to at least the third round. Part, and part of the, part of this too is, I mean, Chris Tannehill has to be Switzerland, right? I mean, he can't go against his former podcast host, his lifelong friend, his, his traveling buddy, and now lifelong his new is a far, you know. But yes, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's I think he, he's he's gonna go good, for good me. Chunk. He's gonna go for me, of course. <laughs> I mean, come on, poor guy. All right, uh, and shout out to Jimbo, who's also in the one away tourney. So uh, Jimbo gets our official endorsement uh, here, and, and because he's our favorite co- Croatian uh, here on the CHGO White Sox podcast. Well, well, are well. you Croatian? My fiance is. Oh, okay. So right. he can be favorite. your guys' favorite Croatian, but mine. You know. <laughs> good, good save there. I, yeah, mine is Tony Kukos. Sorry, Claire's guys. watching, and Claire appreciates the uh, yeah. the, 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 the nod. Uh, let's go to uh, the Twins. Uh, big move here. Uh, not a lot of moves uh, so far in, in uh, the offseason just yet. Uh, really, the only big one has been Carlos Rodon. But there was one trade that was in the division. The Texas Rangers acquire Mitch Garver from the Twins in exchange for Iser Kiner uh, Iser Kiner Falafa, uh, Fale- uh, Iser, Isaiah Kiner Falafa. I had one of those Ronnie today. Delicious. My bad. Yes, the Kiner Falafa is delicious. They go down smooth. Shout out, shout out you to Ryan to and, You need yeah, to rehearse that in the mirror. 
I did. <laughs> unfortunately, that's the sad thing. Uh, tempura and uh, falafel uh, out here. Uh, but let's let's talk about the, the twins getting worse, in my opinion. Mitch Garver, uh, a really good bat, uh, 30 home runs uh, in 2019. Uh, I, I think that they get worse with this trade, even though uh, falafel uh, and, and falafel has a, a lot of versatility as a player. Yeah, he's really good on defense, really good on defense. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so that's it's a good get for them. I mean, I think Texas was trading for a from a position of strength, though. Obviously, there are uh, other positions on the infield besides the two that they signed the big free agents to. Uh, I'm going to keep beating my drum that I, you know, don't think Texas is very good. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that'll that'll continue to happen. I'm not I'm not sold. Know. I'm not sold. You signed two big free agents. All right. Good luck. Be better than the Astros and the Mariners. And then we'll talk. But uh, <laughs> I think they could be better yeah. than the Mariners. I don't know about the Astros. and the Angels we'll too. Yeah. Well, again, are they better than the Angels? You yeah. know what I mean? I don't I think either think so. of those teams have any pitching. So, but anyway, uh, when it comes to the Twins and what it means for the White Sox, uh, the Twins were not very good to begin with, and now they are not as good as they were the other day. Uh, should be easier to carve up that Twins lineup for White Sox pitchers with Garver out of it. Uh, and uh, Kiner Falefa into it, even though he will be providing very good defense, might be stealing a few hits away from uh, from White Sox uh, hitters. But uh, good news for the White Sox pitchers, I think, on this trade. Kiner Falefa. Yeah, it's okay. fine. There we go. No, just good, good pronunciation. Thanks for saving. Thank me you. I, yeah. I torched his name. There it's you fine. go. Jimbo says I IKF. Just call him that. IKF. Yes, IKF, and his nickname is the Hawaiian Hustle, which is sick. Pretty much, they traded out Andrew Andrew Simmons. For kind of Falefa. That's it. That they're pretty much the same player. Kind of Falefa is a younger version of Anderson Simmons, a guy that's might progress to a, a hit guy, but he hasn't shown it as such. And Andrew Anderson Simmons, the Cubs jump in the market for him. What the hell is that? That was just dumb. Yeah. Yeah, but big, yeah, all those Carlos Correa rumors go yeah. right out the window. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, we're getting Carlos Correa. Oh, here's Andrelton Simmons. Oh, yes. God. Oof. Yes. Um, the rebuilding Cubs were going to snatch up the top free agent in baseball. Yeah. <laughs> that was always going to happen, wasn't it? He's still available. Uh, I, I mean, you never know. Uh, and he's selling his house in Houston, which means, you know, everything. Uh, but that, the, that means he's coming to Chicago. I think the Twins were saw enough from Garver, and they played mostly. I think Ryan Jeffers mostly last year, maybe because of Garver's injury history. But Jeffers is a, like 25 years old, young catcher. Can probably do the same things as Garver did last year. He won't give you the power that Garver gave you in 2019, which I think gave to everybody as a surprise what Garver did uh, with that world uh, that record-setting Twins home run team. But it's a good move for them, question mark, because they get younger, yeah. and they're not going to be competing this year, so might as well. I don't know where Mitch Garver's contract was lying, but it gives Jeffers the chance to – catch 150 games or 145 games if he needs to and uh, you get some defense that you're sorely missing when you lose that entrance in spins production's asking if we want to answer kevin's question so throw it up what's kevin's question and uh i, I think the twins too like K -Fitz? If, there's, if there's any oh oh yeah it is k fits uh with the division kind of down who do the Sox target as their division rival from the bunch okay this is a good question because this is where i want to go k fits hosts his own podcast so i mean he's he's already leading me thank you k fits with our uh, guy uh, matt zawaski yeah, and also Zola. aldo soda with it's uh, pinwheels and ivy and how do they stay sharp consistently playing mid-level to below-average teams as a bunch? I mean, that was one of the big concerns. This was the White Sox last year really struggled uh, against teams above 500, and they dominated the division. Uh, I think that the big thing is the target as their division rival has to be the Detroit Twins. Uh, they're just up and coming. They're the best team. They're the biggest the Tigers. Threat. 
Yeah, oh, the Tigers. Did I see the Detroit Twins? You did. You did. Yeah, yes. Go Bears. You should, you should go. owe us a dollar there, too. <laughs> I, I do. I do. That, that's worse. Um, <laughs> with the, uh, Put them Detroit together. Tigers. I think the White Sox still win. Yes, I do, too. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, right. I, I'm, not, I'm not afraid of the Twins. They don't have any pitching. Uh, they don't, uh, their bats are getting worse. I really don't think that they're a threat. Uh, the only teams that I like really despise are, are, are the Tigers and the Royals. And, and the, Ro- the Tigers are better than the Royals. So I'm more worried about the Tigers as a Sox fan. The Tigers are the bigger threat, that, and their they're being better should help with that problem, if you want to call it a problem, from last year. A lot of folks do. Uh, you know, of, of they were playing bad teams all year because their division was so bad. I don't see the Cleveland Guardians being much better than the Cleveland Indians uh, this year around. I don't see the Royals really being that much better than they were last year. I don't see the Twins being that much better than they were last year. The Tigers should be much better than they were last year, and that should help out the White Sox give them someone to, uh, you know, go – head-to-head with throughout the season. To answer the question, who's the rival? I think right now it's the Royals. The Sox and the Royals got some bad blood. I know there was the benches Mm -hmm. clearing with the Tigers last year, but I think that was a little bit more confusion than anything else. I think the Royals are the team that – I mean, listen, we always talk about Tim Anderson as the face and the heart and the soul of this team, and he is on record saying he does not like the Royals. So I think it's always the Royals until something else big happens uh, between the White Sox and another team in the division. And Herb, you know how bad the White Sox are against against the Royals. And if you look at the teams that they, in the AL Central that they played last year, uh, ten and nine versus Cleveland, twelve and seven against Detroit, against Minnesota, they were thirteen and six. And the only team they had a losing record, nine and ten against the Royals last year. It's, I always hate playing in Kauffman. Yeah, it's a uh, their team always is going to give the White Sox fits. But I think out of all the teams in the Central, we talked about it. It's the Tigers. Last year, I was thinking. They're going to give up Jonathan Scope at the trade deadline because some containing team will like him, and it's a nice way to continue your rebuild. They kept him because they know that this year and the next year are going to be very valuable for them. They got, I think, Torkelson coming up. Uh, probably they're going to have Jimer Karen Delario start and uh, take Torkelson down a little bit and uh, do mess with his uh, service time, and then he's going to come up, and he's the odds-on favorite to win the AL Rookie of the Year. I think they have a pitching staff that is growing. Uh, Tariq Skubal, if he comes uh, like he should, Casey mm-hmm. Mize is the number one pick in the in the draft a couple of years ago. Spencer Turnbull, Matt Manning, Tyler Alexander, and I think they just picked up Eduardo Rodriguez over the over the um, summer or over the winter. So they're a team that needs to be taken serious. They're not a team like they were last year they're going to be competing with the White Sox. Like when we look up in September, it's going to be the White Sox and Tigers, I believe. And the White Sox just have a little bit more talent. I think they're going to pull away and have a comfortable five to six, seven game uh, victory in the AL Central. But watch out. Their team is scary. So that's why striking this year and next year is important because they're going to be that team. You can be like, God damn it. The damn Tigers are here again. Yeah. And the, the, the Tigers too, adding, adding bias bias has uh, consistently been decent uh, against the Sox, a 787 OPS. Um, so, you know, interesting to see how he will perform uh, against uh, the Sox and, and Fiddler uh, K Fitz uh, says, uh, enjoy the cl- uh, hobby clown show. I thought that the Sox actually dominated uh, the hobby just because of their ability to throw high fastballs. Um, and, and he, he can chase. Uh, and I thought that just their breaking stuff and then their fast, but was good but even in 2020 he hit 304 against the Sox uh, when, when when he saw him a lot uh, I forgot who weird in Sox Twitter called him this name but it's a perfect name for Javi Baez Slidey McTaggy 
<laughs> that's his very, high, very original that, those are his highlights like he can slide really well and he can tag you really quickly all right and we got a few very fun highlights too oh, to be, delicious. if i'm if i'm gonna if i'm just gonna jump in with my opinion there might be no more fun player to watch even if he you know isn't always successful <laughs> I, like, I like watching Luis robert a lot i think i think that might well be he is favorite. most usually yeah. successful so i guess it depends <laughs> on what you think what you want your fun to be do you want it to be uh you know the result or the process right we got we got a couple uh, more quick hitters here uh first off i just want to mention uh tigers also have a good closer now michael former uh former rookie of the year was a good starter they turned him into a closer around uh, may of last year he was dominant in that role so they, they, they even got a closer Soto too uh i think so and they might have traded him last year gregory soto though i'll, I'll look it up he but uh, let's go to big z let's go to big z man's uh 34's question with Kopech going to an in innings limit who do you think the Sox should target as far as any spot starters or who might be considered as fourth or fifth in the rotation the rotation one through five uh will be keichel uh it will be Kopech, will be cease will be uh, uh i want to say rodan lynn and giolito Raylo obviously will get some spot starts in there. We we talked about crochet. We'll probably see some spot starts from there. But I mean, Vinny, we we even heard pitching depth today from Tony Larusa. That was a big thing for him. Uh, any more expectations? I mean, it feels like an an arm might be on the way. Yeah, I don't think there's really any doubt at this point that they're going to go out and get at least one more starting pitcher, but I don't think people are going to be thrilled with the name when it happens. You know what I mean? I think it's going to be the kind of signings where the guy who can come into camp can show that he can get the job done and then goes to the bullpen or then goes to triple a once the season starts, because you got the five guys that you're working with already. If you're the white Sox. now, again, that can, that doesn't mean that it won't happen. It doesn't mean that there's not, you know, it's, it, it's not impossible for them to go out and get a more splashy name uh, to fit in that rotation. They just got to do other work on the other side of that deal to make room for them. And that's fine. But what's definitely going to happen in my opinion is depth and I think you're going to see some guys you know that they pick up that people are going to go this guy who who's this guy why do we care about this guy but he, he'll end up making three or four starts during the year filling in for guys on the IL and it'll be critical if the White Sox are going to achieve their goals think this do not think what happened after the signing was made think what was happened when the signing was made I'm thinking a springtime signing like Irvin Santana a few years ago. Do you Ooh, remember you that remember one? That. Yes. That again turned out horribly, obviously. <laughs> but someone when was that... Ivan Nova signed, Vinny? Come on. Well, that was a trade acquisition, and he pitched oh, okay. the whole year, so he, and you he know, was he good. Was... And he had a, he had a good run. There was a, there's an Ivan Nova run. we can uh, stretch. We could talk about from like he July have, to August. He, he did have a good run. Uh, champagne Ivan Nova. If can you we will, get but... back <laughs> Matt Latos, please? Cat no, Latos. No. No, no, no one wants that. But um. what? But but again, when I say Irvin Santana, I do not mean the astronomical ERA after three starts that he turned in and then <laughs> left the organization. I mean that kind of caliber guy who is not going to be a big part of your rotation, but can be there in an emergency. Yeah, and we mentioned Colin McHugh before. Uh, just looking at him, he's got length uh, ability. Uh, he had five outings last year where he went three or more innings. So, I mean, he, he can give you length. He's still on the market. And if they move Kimbrell, uh, which Tony kind of alluded to that they might, uh, he would still be happy and grinned when, uh, you know, if he was on the team at opening day. But he knows that it's a possibility Kimbrell might get moved. Uh, Colin McHugh, I think it would be cheaper than $16 million and can provide you length and, and has and started a couple of games as an opener for uh, the race. Uh, Herb, I want to go to you. Uh, your friend, uh, John Heyman, says that he thinks McNeil, and he said this on WFAN today, he thinks McNeil is likely to be moved and notes Chicago as a landing spot. So Jeff McNeil as a White Sox. You like the ring of that? 
Yeah, that's any that's an improvement at second base. I would love that, and it puts Lurie in his p- proper position as the fifth infielder slash fourth outfielder. Yeah, if Jeff McNeil would be a guy. Uh, if I don't know what his contract status is looking like right now, but I don't think he costs that much. He's relatively young, uh, lefty bat that the White Sox covet. Yeah, I would love if the White Sox found a way, and if he's relatively inexpensive, like we're not have to give up anybody from our major league roster. I'm all for it. Uh, McNeil's 29, and his contract is uh, first year ARB eligible, so he will. Let's go, perfect. Vinny Jeff McNeil is a White Sox, yes or no? I mean, uh, Kimbrel might be moved in that deal too. So if if you are are moving uh, losing a guy on the roster, it might be Kimbrel. I mean, I don't know. McNeil is one of those guys who would be an upgraded second base, just like Herb just said. I don't know if he would, you know, he shouldn't necessarily be expected to come in and play All Star caliber baseball, but he's the kind of guy that is an upgrade over what they have right now. He's in a, he would be an upgrade to the lineup. I think that that would be perfectly welcome uh, among the among the many potential guys that they could trade for for that spot. And this has been CHGO White Sox podcast presented by PointsBet. Live your best life using the code CHGO uh, and live your best life using that code. And again, if you make a uh, deposit of $50 or more in your first time using that code, you will get a free CHGO membership uh, when you sign up. And it's free, easy uh, uh, to sign up using PointsBet. Shout out to Vinny Duber for joining us in Arizona. Shout out to all of you for joining us on this special Saturday uh, episode. Very fun. And thank you to our production staff for uh, dealing with Vinny's technical difficulties. And thank you for Vinny. Uh, you know, you, you got on the laptop right away. Great job. And enjoy uh, you know your Saturday and Sunday out there, bud. Got to hustle. Got to hustle. I've got a bunch of stuff to go right. I've got some transcribing to do. My Saturday night might be a, it might be a work Saturday, but that'd be good. Absolutely. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He'll have some uh, great content coming out of Arizona. And if you are a CHGO member, you have access to that. AllCHGO.com is where you can sign up to become a member. And all of our premium written articles are behind that paywall now. So that's how you access Vinny's work. Herb, any uh, moves you expect? And yes or no? Will we see a move? Will we talk about a move on Monday? No. No. Absolutely <laughs> After all, not. 23. Uh, just like Rick Hahn yesterday. Did you have a first call yesterday? Yep. Will there be a move? Nope. Thanks. Thank you, Herb. You can follow us on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. You can follow CHGO at CHGO underscore sports. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Vinny. Thank you to Herb for joining us. And thank all of you for watching. And thank you to our great production staff for getting this together. It went smoothly, I have to say. Outside of the little six minutes we were out we were out with Vinny, it went smoothly. Thank you for watching, and we will see you on Monday. <laughs>